Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. worship real quick wasn't that amazing like guys I I'm a I've been in children's ministry for a long time now it seems like my whole coming to Jesus all those years after and I'll tell you right now your children get full of the Holy Spirit in that room I'm not kidding you when kids hear music when they feel the presence of God they get up I mean, you don't even got to ask them what they feel. You don't even have to make any much noise or do anything crazy. They just, they know if they're ready. They get up, they're ready to go. And I find it funny that it's, it's kind of hard to get adults to do the same thing, right? Because we're, we're ready for somebody like the pastor to come up here and get us excited. And I get that, right? Especially if, you know, this is new to you. I used to be... Like, when I came to church for the first time, I would sit in the back and be like, what is these people doing here? This is weird. And, and I get that. But then once, once I started to hear the music, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know. All I did was I could feel it. Pastor Margaret, you just could use the Holy Spirit, right? And I just knew. I just knew there was something that just lit up in me. Like, man, God is here. My creator is here. It's that childlike, godlike, like excitement that you get. And, and I think when we're doing worship or even listening to the word of God, this is something that the Lord was saying to me in the seats, is to remind you guys to have that childlike faith when I'm talking today. Okay? Can you guys do that with me? Amen. I need everybody to stand up. Stand up for me real quick. I know I'm different. I'm a child, children's ministry. Uh, teacher, this is how I lead, okay? All right, everybody get up, get up. Shake it off. I need you to just shake, shake off the week. The kids love this. Shake off the week. Shake off everything that you have expected of me. Don't expect nothing of me, y'all. Don't expect stuff from me. Expect it from the Lord, right? I want you guys to start, get ready, prepared for what God has to say to you today. But don't feel nervous or anxious or this is weird or... I'm uncomfortable. I want you to shake that off, that uncomfortability. I know I look crazy, but it works. It works. Okay, go ahead. Take a seat. <laughs> Thank you for having me here, Pastor Margarita, Pastor Richard, for, um, you know, just trusting me with the pulpit. But most importantly, God, thank you, Father, because I don't know why you have me here sometimes, but you believe in me. All right. So. Before we go into it, I just want to pray. Everybody bow your heads for me. This is really more for me than for you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> let's pray. Father, I ask you today to just take me out of the equation, Lord. I'm not the preacher, Lord. I want it to be you, Father. Speak what you have to say to your children. Speak exactly what they're going through. It might be a word that I say, Lord God, that it just ignites in them. I've been through that. I've, 
I've felt that. I've seen that before. That they're, that they're excited to hear your word and what you have to say to them. Lord, I pray that you take away my talent and replace it with anointing. Father, I don't want to be a good speaker up here. I want to share your word. I want your Holy Spirit to speak through me. Father, I'm not here to condemn a soul here today. I'm here to speak truth and love where there was interruption or abuse in their spirits, Lord. Everybody just breathe. Father, thank you. Thank you for your spirit and what you're going to speak to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to go into the word. Today we're going to be in Matthew. If you guys have your Bibles or an app or you just going to listen to me, and that's cool too, okay? <laughs> so we're going to be in Matthew 22, 5 through 6. There's a lot going on in this text. I'm going to break it down, Brianna style, all right? Um, it's kind of going to sound a little ghetto. Don't paraphrase me, please, y'all. So, all right, so this is Matthew 22, 5 through 6. And basically what this scripture is, before I dive in to read it, it's a parable. Jesus is telling a story. This is what a parable is. Whenever you hear parables in the, in the text, you know that Jesus is trying to teach a lesson because we hard-headed. So he's trying to teach a lesson to his disciples, and he's giving a parable, a story about a king. And he's comparing it um, to the kingdom of God. And this king has a party, a celebration, exciting, right? We, we know that because we've been to one for Thanksgiving, right? Who went to Thanksgiving feast? Kind of like a celebration. Raise your hand. Don't make me look funny up here. Thank you. So we all went to this Thanksgiving feast, and I kind of was thinking of that, like, oh, it's kind of like a feast, right? And so in this parable, he's telling um, the disciples about this party that a king throws. And um, I don't know, maybe the king was lonely. I'm not really sure why the king is throwing this party, but he's throwing a party, and he's inviting all these guests or um, maybe it's because he, he really loves these people and he wants all the people in the kingdom to come and join this party, right? And in this text, I want to focus on this, this one text, because the people do not come to this party. Can you imagine that? You are invited by a king to a party and you're not going to go? I I couldn't fathom it. I was like, why? Why not? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, you would think that you want royalty as friends, right? I'm, I'm trying to get with friends who are royalty because they might help a brother out. You know what I mean? So, but no, they don't go. So basically in Matthew 22, 5 through 6, he's um, asking all these people to come and he sends out servants to go and get all these people that he's invited and the text says, but when the servants told the people to come, they refused to listen. They all went to do other things. One went to work in his field. The other went to his business. Some of the other people grabbed the servants and beat them and killed them. So some people really were really upset that they even got, maybe they were bored and they just killed them. Who knows? But there was a lot of things going on. They didn't agree to go to this 
this party that they were invited to. I was invited for Thanksgiving to a party, and I did go. I did go. I went with the pastors. They're like my second family, Pastor Richard, Pastor Margarita. Shout out to y'all. And um, they had this whole meal prepared for us. It's a funny story. Um, we were trying to get the cabin ready because we went to the cabin, y'all, in the woods. You have Puerto Ricans in the woods in the cabin. That was kind of scary. And, um, <laughs> and we had Sergio there, so we was good because, like, he, like, kills alligators, I think, like, for, for fun. Um, so we was in this, um, this camping ground, and she invited us to come. Well, me to come. Of course, the family was going to come. Um, and I remember before I was even invited, thinking of all the different things that I was going to do for Thanksgiving. I was going to go to New York. I was going to maybe go do a spa day because I'm a single woman, and why not? Until I have my kids because then that is, everything's over at that point. Not saying that your life is over if you have children. Sorry, that was nice. But um, <laughs> I was just like, I'm gonna, I had all these plans of what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just work. I'll just get some more money. Cool. Maybe I'll just work. All these different plans actually wasn't even going to really come because I had so many plans. I love you guys, but to be honest, when it's the holidays and you're invited somewhere, you start thinking of all the other things that you have to do because you have a schedule, right? So I, I don't blame these people. I don't blame these people. They had businesses to take care of. They had children to watch. They had, maybe they had to I don't know, milk their cows that day? It was milking cow day? I don't know. There was a whole bunch of things that they had to do. And in my own personal life, it's hard for me to stop when I'm invited to do something fun or when I'm invited to do something good because the opportunity is there. And I know it's, I know it's awesome, but I have so much to do instead. Pastor Margarita, she um, and Erica, Erica got the place for us. Pastor Margarita um, was figuring out how to organize it out for us, right? And we weren't like in this place. You should you should have seen it. We're like we was in the balcony, and I think it was a balcony. I'm not sure. And um, they had like three tables, all different sizes, y'all. Like this table behind me. So we had like two circle ones, I think, and then like a long one or something like that. And what I'm getting to is that she really tried to figure out how to sit us together. She really tried to make us feel comfortable in this space. And um, she even um, made it so that everybody can sit. And I think she was even gonna take it overboard and kind of tell us where exactly we were gonna sit. Um, but she made time to make sure that we had a seat, even if we weren't so comfortable, but that we had a seat, that we knew that we were part of this celebration, right? On your Thanksgiving, did, did you guys feel invited? Did you guys feel invited when you said yes to go to that celebration? I felt very invited. I felt like she didn't have to do all this. 
I wanted to sit exactly where she told me to sit because I was like, wow, like you went all out. I'll jump over chairs, I'll jump on this table, I'll sit right in the middle if you want me to. Cause wow, that was a lot, right? That was a lot for her to do. And in the, in the midst of asking all these questions about what was important, I would have missed out on someone who really cared for me. My first point, who's at the table? Who's at the table? The power of asking the right questions. There's a power that comes with asking the right questions. The wrong question would be in that time where she asked me to come was, but I really want to go to do a spa day and am I going to have another chance to do a spa day? The wrong question is, do I have to bring something to this, to this party? Because she didn't ask me. She didn't ask me to bring anything. The wrong question would have been, um, do they even want me there? I mean, I'm not, I'm not blood related. These questions keep us from opportunities. Let me, let me take it to another level for you. The wrong question is asking, am I good enough? The wrong question is asking, will God forgive me even after I slipped up. The wrong question would be, can God even love me again? The wrong question would be, did I go too far this time? Because all these questions keep us from getting to where God needs us to be, keeps us from accepting the invitation. The wrong question is, can I ever be clean? Can I ever be better? These things keep us from the invitation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. I'm going to be really transparent, y'all, so nobody look at me when I'm talking because it's awkward. But I'm going to be real transparent with you. When I came to church, first time I entered PLCC, it's a church back home in New York City. I'm um, going to be honest with you. I walked in. I walked right back out. Did this for two days, because honestly, honestly, I was asking the wrong questions. Honestly, I was asking, am I good enough? Walked out, walked back in. It took me a while to walk in this church. I, I was thinking of when I had two, my two abortions, and I walked in the church, and I walked right back out. I'm a murderer, what I thought to myself. Can God love me? It's the question that held me away from going back in the church. I said, okay, I'm gonna try this again. I'll try this again. Walked back in the church. Sat down this time, and there was a pastor there. Didn't even know he was a pastor. He looked kind of like how I look like right now, just a regular dude. And he sat down next to me and he's talking and um, I just felt so much love from him, so much encouragement. And then I thought to myself again, what if that person finds out what I did and I asked the wrong question? Can God ever love me after I hurt his children, walk right out of the church again? 
I did this for a couple couple of months, not gonna lie. I didn't just like one day wake up and become this person that you see today. And anyone who tells you that they did is a liar. And let them know that I said so, okay? Because no one just woke up today and said, I'm gonna be different. No one woke up today and said, oh, all those things that I did in the past, don't worry about it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go to church and I don't even feel bad about what I did. I don't, even till this day, I walk into this church and sometimes I think, man, Lord, I really, I really want to beat this, this battle that I'm fighting. I really want to ask the right questions, but I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. What are the right questions? I guess what I figured out along the way is that the right questions start with asking the right person. What do I mean by that? I can't, I can't go, I can't go to God and, well, want to go to God and want God to forgive me and want God to save me and, and want God to be my Lord and Savior and then go to Pastor Margarita and ask her if my sins are forgiven. What's she going to do? Asking the wrong person. I came to the table for the wrong person. That's what we're talking about today, at the table. At the table. Who's at the table? Right? Sometimes, a lot of the times, I forgot that along the way that it wasn't about the people around the table that mattered. God set those, those chairs for those people. And he knows exactly what they're dealing with single-handedly behind doors that you would never know about. Those same people judge us. Those same people make us want to leave the church. They make us want to get up out of the seat of faith, like we were talking about yesterday. About faith, about faith, you turn out of here and leave the church just because we were asking the wrong person. The right question comes along with asking the right person, asking God what he thinks, right? Tell you another story, full of stories. Um, when I went to master's commission, it's a nine month intense discipleship program. Um, they like drilled that into us, I remember it very vividly. <laughs> and all we did was sleep, eat, breathe, Jesus. And I was seated around people, y'all, I came to master's commission to this intense discipleship ministry school. Know what I was thinking, and I wasn't even saved. I don't know that what they was thinking, letting me in, because they let me in. And I remember sitting around the table often with people who remembered all my baggage, y'all. I, I mean, I don't blame them. It's they. That's what people do. I could do that sometimes. I was asking them for, for forgiveness. I was looking towards them to acknowledge that I have changed. I was looking towards them to acknowledge that I could be up here and preach. I was looking towards them to make me feel better. And often I felt, I felt like ostracized, meaning I felt distant or, or away from people. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like I could never be good enough. 
I felt like, what is the point of this? Often I would, I, I would sit in those same seats with people who would make comments like, oh, well, you're a pretty girl. You'll get somewhere. Don't worry. Be fine. Well, I mean, I'm sure you didn't mean to do or say that like that. I'm sure you'll, you'll change one day. And I had these comments of like, people who really didn't have faith in me, some, some of them didn't. And then I met people who really did have faith in me, which is great. But the point that I'm getting at is that I had to ask God what he thought of me. Koisha has to do that. She has to ask, God, what do you think of me? Sergio has to do that. God, what do you say about me? Not, not what the pastor says about me or what the person next to me says about me. You're asking the wrong questions and the wrong questions leads us, you turn right out of this door. I don't know why this is, this is a harsh message and I really didn't want it to be. But I really feel that God is just saying, man, I'm not saying this to hurt you or to judge you or to, um, or to ask more of you. I'm just, I'm just saying this so that you know that this is home. This is the table that I've prepared for you. Absolute love, absolute forgiveness. If you're asking the right person, you get the right answer, right? So that's what I've just been thinking about is what kind of questions are we asking to the right person? So now I get it, okay? Now I get it. I'm asking God, what does he think? Asking the right questions, the right person. Now. Now the questions have to be kind of like the very opposite of what you've been asking other people. Am I good enough to your, your girlfriend, your spouse? Am I good enough for you? Asking God, asking God, how, how can I be better? Can, can you be good enough in me? Asking those questions, God, I, I, let me take it to another level, okay? Because I know we talk about, you know, just being sad or, you know, just not getting it right. No, like I'm talking about those harsh questions. Some of us know people who have been raped, abused, y'all. Some of us have been abused ourselves. I was abused by my uncle for, for a few years as a kid. Some of us come in with baggage, serious, can we talk about that? Serious baggage y'all walked in here with. Like abortion bad, like I lost my kid bad, like, like I cheated on my wife bad. Like I sell drugs bad. Come on now. These are the things that we are dealing with and God is no sugar-coated God that is, oh, you know, I'll, I'll forgive you, I'll help. No, he wants to change you entirely inside and out. These are the things that we need to be talking about. These are the things that we have to be honest about. I didn't come to this table for any of y'all. I love you. I do. But I didn't come to this table for you. I came because God promised the change in me. 
God promised full life that I didn't have to be in the bathroom anymore, hoping that nobody would find me if I tried to kill myself. This is what we're talking about. Those really bad moments in life that make you uncomfortable to talk about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you don't want to talk about it. Maybe one day you will, but I'm talking about the joy that comes after it. I don't have to feel this way anymore. That's why we are here screaming and, 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 and crying and hitting our knees to the floor and y'all thinking, oh, this is uncomfortable and embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed and I am not uncomfortable. I am not uncomfortable. You know what? I sit at that table with Jesus every day. Every day, and every day he changes me more and more. makes me feel more and more like a woman of God. makes me feel more and more like that childlike faith that I was talking about. Every day. And you can have it too. You really can have it too. And if you get anything out of this today, all I want you to walk out with is that Brianna told you that you can have it too. Brianna told you that you can have it too. Who's at the table? Who's at your table? Who's at your table? I don't blame these people for walking away from God. Well, walking away from this king when he asked them to come to his party. Sometimes we don't feel good enough to have a good day. Feel that for someone. We don't feel good enough to have a good day. When was the last time you allowed yourself to be happy? When was the last time you allowed yourself to just be at a celebration? I, th I think about this because my celebrations, y'all, they suck sometimes. They really do. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, I, I get older every year, um, and that's not fun. So, like, I don't feel very happy when I turn 26, 27, 28. Right? There's some celebrations that kind of, you, you ain't, you ain't, it's not fun. I'll take it a little further. There's some people you don't want to see during the holiday. Right? I'll take it even further. There's some, some people you don't want to see you during the holidays. And then there's all these family issues that come in. I remember when I was young, I did not, like, I knew in our Christmas party someone was going to get drunk, and then someone was going to flip out, and then my aunt was going to start talking about all the years that someone wasn't there for her, and then my uncle was going to talk about all the years that she left him or something. Like, some, some drama was going to go down, and it was never fun. Never. I think, I thank God that now as I'm older, I kind of could, you know, like stop people from bothering me or like irritating me. I just walk out because I'm an adult now, so I can just do that. But like before, it wasn't fun. Some celebrations I just didn't want to go to. These, these are the things that these people were thinking about. Maybe they were thinking about, I don't want to go to that king. He doesn't care for us. I don't want to go there or I have a lot of things to do. I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. Or, or, maybe, they, or maybe he was a really good king, right? And, and they just, I don't know, they just didn't feel good enough. Maybe they just didn't feel good enough. I want you guys to know that your questions have to, your salvation has to mean more to you than 
the wrong questions, asking those wrong questions, feeling un like you're not good enough to be there, right? That needs to be more important to you. And sometimes, sometimes this walk can get tight, right? I remember in, um, while we were doing Thanksgiving, the tables, they were set. I mean, I loved it. Thank you, Pastor Mario, but it was a little tight. It was a little squished a bit. Um, and so I was sitting there. So this might be another reason why they didn't want to be there. There's so many people. I don't want to go over there. So many people. We was tight. Like, we was squished and tight in that little seat. And I don't know. I feel this for someone. Sometimes this walk is going to get a little tight. It's going to get, it's not going to feel too comfortable, right? All these questions that you have to ask, God, am I, can you, can you fix me? Can you help me through this? And then the people next to you that don't make it very easy in those celebrations that you don't want to see, that you don't want to talk to. And then on top of that, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of people and you're squished in this one little area and you feel like this is too, this is too tight for me. This is too much. On top of that, there was like this dog alligator bear that had attacked um, the kids. And I was scared. I don't know about you. I was terrified. So now fear comes in, right? And I see that in my own life when I'm sitting at the table with God. And it feels uncomfortable. And it feels tight. It feels like the way is narrow. It's biblical. The way is narrow. It is going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel too good. Now, there's people talking gossip about me in my ear, and they don't know, like, I'm saved, but don't play with me. <laughs> play with Jesus, not me. Now I got these people talking, and then, and then I, I'm asking the wrong questions to these people, and I have to remember in celebrations that are loud, and it's too much, and all, all the hype of it, and all the gifts, and all the all the food and all, all that's going on, all the alligators that are attacking kids and all these things, I have to stop in the middle of the storm and remember that God is in the eye of it. God is in the eye of it. He's in the middle of your storm. He's in the middle of this table. Who are you asking the questions to? Who is at the table? And then if we move on, God asks us to come to the table. Come to the table, right? The power of an invitation. The power of invitation. I'm not going to go too into it, but I, I just want to bring up the woman with the alabaster box. Y'all, she's incredible. And it reminds me of this story. She comes, I don't know if you guys know this story, but this woman um, hears that Jesus is in her town. And this woman... Um, Jesus is in the town. He's been invited to someone's house. And he goes to this person's house, and he sits with them, and he's having a great time with the, with the people at the house, and, and he's talking all these great words of wisdom and just hitting them with the here, 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 wisdom, 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 just hitting them with it. And they're just chilling, you know, just having fun and just chilling, right? And then this woman hears, oh, word, Jesus is in town? She's like, I got to get to him. I got to get to him. And they call her the uninvited guest. Want to know why? Because this girl just goes in to Jesus, not invited. This is not even his house. And he goes, 
she goes into his house, into the person's house, get, sees Jesus, gets to the floor, and starts to pour the alabaster perfume, which is her most sacred and, and, and most um, cared for and um, important possession that she has. She starts pouring on his feet. And then she has long hair. And she wipes her tears off of his feet. So not, not only is she crying, amongst all these people who didn't even invite her, she's crying in front of all these people that didn't even invite her. I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to cry in front of one person for me, to cry in front of everybody who don't even like you. And she's cleaning his feet. And um, one of the disciples, paraphrasing again, this is the hood version, paraphrase. So um, he says, one of the disciples says to himself, well, if that's really Jesus and he's really savior, he's going to tell that girl to get off of him because she's filthy and dirty and nasty. And then Jesus looks at her and is so pleased with the fact that she came to do that for him, that she bring something materialistic, but it's the best that she had. Do you think that Jesus really cared about how much that was worth? No, he could get like thousands of them. He probably has it in heaven right now in his room on the butyl, you know? <laughs> no, he didn't care about none of that. The fact was that she gave something that really mattered to her. Let's go back to the other story with Pastor Margarita. Pastor Margarita, I asked her, Mom, look, I asked her if she wanted something, okay? Because my mom's going to watch this. She's going to think that I'm disrespectful going to somebody's house and didn't bring nothing. I did bring something, okay? I bring cups. I bring plastic cups. And that's all that Pastor Margarita asked me for. And, and Erica, oh, we need plastic cups. And then bread, but I couldn't find the bread. So she only got the cups. I bring the cups, and when I bring the cups, she was really excited because she had what she had asked me for, but it really wasn't even about that. I didn't bring much, and guess what? I had access to all of the food there. I had access to the chair, to the table. There was like this cool little like balcony in the room thing, and I was able to go up and down. I thought that was fun. I had access to the lake in the back. I had, I had access, they, wait, they, even, they even opened up the gate for me that only certain people who rent there have access to. I had access to it all, all of it. All I did was bring cups, that's it. And I left bread, so I didn't even like, you had one job, Brian. I didn't even f finish that job, I didn't. That's how Jesus is with us. That's how he was with this one woman. He was excited. Pastor Margarita, she was excited when she saw me. She hugged me. Erica was too. They started putting on, on holiday songs. They was asking me what kind of songs I want to listen to. They treated me like family. They always do this. But in this moment, I felt like I really didn't deserve it because I just bring cups. And you are probably just bringing a little bit of yourself. You are probably just bringing yourself like Scraping yourself off the ground, scraping what little integrity you have. 
You're probably coming into this room every single Sunday just hoping that nobody realizes that you're hurt, that you're broken, that you don't think that you can change. This is probably the little that you're giving, but it's dressed up like a pretty perfume box. And that's all God wanted from her. I don't think that she was the uninvited guest. I think she was the only person there that was invited because of her faithfulness. I don't think that you are uninvited today. I, I think that you are the only person here that was specifically invited by God, specifically anointed for this day. Maybe you haven't been stepped in here for very long, or this is probably your first time. This is literally your invitation, the first time ever, your invitation that God purposely gave you, even if I didn't invite you, even if the pastor didn't invite you, even if the person in the sound booth doesn't know your name. We don't own God's table at the table. Who is important? Who are you asking the questions to? Who did you come for because it wasn't me? And if you came for me, I'm sorry to let you down, but I have nothing for you. It's God. It's God who invited you here. It's God who knew that you would come here with all your brokenness and all your nastiness and love you anyway. And I would like to say that I would too, but if you could sit down with me and I listen to a few of your stories, anyone would judge. I love you, but I want to say that I am not Jesus. Pastor isn't either. Our invitation doesn't matter. It's God's invitation for you. The men called her dirty, filthy, nasty. They even said that if, if Jesus was really the Savior, he would tell her to get off of him and leave. Some of us are, are like, compared to, like, people think that our God isn't God because of what we did. Like, like if your God really was the God of the universe, he would never forgive you. Like, our sin makes people think that God could never be God because of how bad we are. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. Some things we've done cause people to question even our own God. But the things that we've done and how we turn around from it, that kind of surrender is why people think that, that there's no way we can have a God that loving, there's no way that your God could fix you because Brianna, Brianna, the things you've done, Brianna. I knew you when you were in the street, Brianna. I knew you, Sergio, when you were in the street. I knew you, Margarita, when you were running around. I knew you before that. And you're telling me that God can save you? That can't be God. That's the miracle of our God is that even though we went through all of that, the point is you were invited. And you were specifically invited. I don't care how many cups you bring.
last point is here at the table. Here at the table. God could change you here at the table. But you got to come. You got to come. You miss a lot of opportunities when you say no to an invitation. There's a power. There's a power in having character. Power in having character. I, I dealt with this so much. I struggled with this. I struggled with this part of my sermon too because I said, how can I tell people so early of me finally trying to get out of this cycle of having bad character? How can I tell people to have character? And I think that's the point. I struggled with it. I know how hard it is to really turn away from your old ways and put on new garments. Can I tell you something about this story? The king walks around to everybody in the party who came. He walks around and he looks at them. And some of them, he's like, hey, how you doing? Some of them, he's like, I'm glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Some of them like, oh, cool. Who's that person saying? I don't know who that is. Some of them, he's just looking around. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, you've never been here before. He's walking around, he's looking at people. Wow, he's got a pretty smile. He's walking around. He stops at this one person. And he says, why are you dressed like that? See, because the thing is, back then, this is cool. This is really cool. I really, I really like this. I found this out. Okay, so back then, and this was true when Jesus said this parable as well. Back then, kings, they supplied you with your garment. They gave you your outfit. You got a whole new outfit just because you were invited. That's all you had to do. None of them bring cups. All they did was show up, and they had an outfit ready for them. And he said, why are you dressed like that? You dress with your filthy rags. You intentionally and willfully disrespect my invitation. All you had to do was put on the outfit, bro. Like you had one job. I gave it all to you. I invited you. There were people who didn't even come to this. They lost their spot and you took it and you couldn't even put on the garment, the brand new white linen that I gave you. Why? I don't know why he did that. Maybe, maybe it's all the talk of you'll never be good enough. You'll, you'll never be better than this. You can't change. All this white noise. And God told me, he told me, replace your white noise. Give your white noise to God. Everything that people have said about you, give it to God. What people think about you, how people stare at you, look at you up and down like you're nothing. Give that white noise to God and he will replace it with white linen. With a new you. 
trade in your white noise for white linen. All he had to do was put it on. And he said, man, it wasn't even about being good enough, but now you can't even stay. Because you willfully didn't do what I asked. All you had to do was put on your white linen. All you had to do was change. And I know it takes time, and I know it takes certain steps to get here to the altar. I know it's going to take time, but can you at least, can you at least trade in what everybody said about you? Can you at least listen to me? Can you at least ask me the questions? Can you at least focus on me? Can you at least come to the table? At least just be part of it, and I'll show you something new. At least be part of my vine so you can grow. At least try. This is what I struggled with. I didn't even try. In this moment, as we wrap up, I want everyone to stand. I'm asking you today, can you at least trade in the white noise for white linen. Can you at least trade in your white noise for white linen and just try? I'm asking you to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture. It's not about the people. It's not about what they said about you. The bigger picture, it's not just about the seed of faith. Like we talked about last it's not just about the cups or, or the perfume. It's not about what you can bring. It's about, it's about who's at the table. Come on. It's about coming to the table. And it's about being here at the table. Can you trade all that you've done? Because I know you've done some things. Some things and something's been done to you and it's not fair. And it's not fair. And that's the point that, I, that really bothers me. It's not fair. What you've been through or how they spoke to you. Stop being timid about it. It's not fair. But I know a God that invited you. Specifically you. Everyone under the sound of my voice. I want you to put your hands in the air towards God. <clears throat> if you, if you want to accept the invitation to be new in Christ, maybe you've done this a few times. No judging. I've done this many times. Even after I got my got uh, certified as a minister, I still was in this position, God. I need to be new again. If you want to be new again, if you feel so far from God, if you feel like you've been putting off the invitation, if you don't want to be that man who was thrown out because he was wearing filthy rags instead of that white linen, I want you to pray with me. And if you want me to personally come to you and lay hands, I want you to put 
your left hand up higher, and I'll see you. Just put your hand up. My Father, I thank you that thank you that you've invited us to the table. I thank you that you have left no stone unturned in our life. I thank you that you know what happened when we were five. I thank you that you know what they, they did to us when we were 12. I thank you that you know what's coming when we're, when we're 30, when we're 40, in our 50s. I thank you that the invitation is always new every single morning, Lord God. I thank you because you have your people under the sound of my voice for a reason. I thank you because this invitation was specifically for each and every person in this room, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, to trade in the white noise of the people, the white noise of our, of the enemy the white noise and the lies that we tell ourselves. Father, thank you because today, today, guys, you traded in the white noise for a new, for a new life in Christ. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. personally just worship him. Maybe you felt like your invitation was invalid after all these years. It's not. Maybe you felt like you were too far gone that you can't come back. You can. Maybe you feel like people have been saying things about you that aren't true but you're accepting it for whatever reason. You don't have to. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for the truth that you spoke today. right where you're at. I think I turn on my mic. Just right where you're at, just lift up your hands. Come on, if that minister to you, come on, just lift up your hands and just begin to touch Jesus right now. Let's raise up the music a little bit more. For a few more minutes, cry out to Jesus. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Come on, just cry out to Jesus the way you know how. Something resonated, something touched your heart. You know, the beautiful thing about that story is that the king tells his servants, hey, I invite a specific guest, and they didn't come. In a different book of the Bible, in the, in the book of Luke, he says, I invited a specific group of people, and they didn't come. So I want you to go to the highways and the byways the alleyways and he says compel them to come 
And a couple of weeks ago, I taught what that meant. It doesn't mean to force somebody to come. It doesn't mean any of that. What it really means is at the time, poor people would never be invited to the table. It's just like Brianna said. Poor people, people with rags, people with no money, they would never be invited to the table by a king. But you could see the heart of the king by saying, no, no, you have to compel them to come. Because if you don't compel them to come, they won't come because they're not used to coming to this table. They're not used to coming to a table or being invited by a king. So you have to compel them because I have something prepared for them. You know, we are those people. It's just like Brianna said. We are those people that maybe we're not used to coming to a banquet. We're not used to being invited to a king. But Jesus, being the king, he says, I want you to come. I've prepared a table for you to come. I've prepared a table not only to bless you, but I've prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. What does that mean? That means the people that are hating on you and the people that have no good for you. It doesn't matter to God because what God has blessed, no man can curse. What God has called, it doesn't matter what other people say about you. It doesn't matter what your mom says. It doesn't matter what society sees, says. It doesn't matter what the system says. It matters what God says. And he's inviting you to the table. He's inviting you to the table. So this morning, just like she prayed for you, I just want to pray for you one more time. And she'll probably go around praying for people as well. If you're saying, man, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I want to come to the table, but I feel ashamed. I feel like I have to get it together first. My friend, that's like, taking a, that's, like, that's, like, that's like taking a bath, right, before taking a bath. No, you come to Jesus messed up. You come to Jesus all messed up. You come to Jesus with nothing figured out. And when you come to him, he starts giving you his purpose and his plans for your life. There's no coincidence. Some of you are watching this morning. There's no coincidence you're watching. There's no coincidence that you are here. God has a plan. So if that's you, I want you to lift up your hands, and I want to pray for you real quick. Don't worry about the person behind you. Don't worry about the person beside you. And stop listening to the devil that says, don't raise up your hand. Don't raise no, 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 forget the devil and forget yourself. Raise up your hand if you really need God. Come on, just cry out to Jesus. I'm going to have Brianna pray for some people that are raising up their hands. And so, Father, right now, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you will begin to move, God, upon every single person this morning. God, I pray for every single person, Lord God, that's watching online. God, I pray God, that they would answer and come by invitation, Lord Jesus. God, I pray right now your power and your anointing begins to fall, God, that you will begin to break chains, God, that you will begin to shut the mouth of the enemy right now, Lord. Father, right now I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will touch, oh God, every single person. Maybe my wife can go out and start praying for people. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's raise up the music a little louder. Hallelujah, God. God, you know every single person in this place. You know every single person, what they're battling, God, and what they're, what they're struggling with, God, this morning. Break chains, Jesus. Break chains, Jesus. Bring healing, Jesus. God, I pray that people's lives will never be the same again. That people's lives will never be the same again. I pray that you will break depression and that you will break anxiety. I pray, Lord God, that every plan of the enemy, Lord Jesus, will be canceled this morning. God, we love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. A few more seconds. A few more seconds. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I pray your presence, God, touches people's lives, Lord. I pray your presence, oh God, right now, God, will move, oh God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Lord. Have your way, God. Have your way. Father, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. God, we give you glory. God, we give you glory, God. I pray, God, that you will begin, God, to let your people feel your call. God, that you will begin to help people hear your call. Calling them, God, to be a part of your body, Lord Jesus. God, right now, God, as we close, I pray right now, God, that you will seal it within our hearts. That you will seal it within our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we all said amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to go ahead and uh, pick up the offering. Amen. So we're going to continue our worship and uh, pick up the offering. Before we do that, I just want to uh, reiterate uh, about our ugly sweater day. Come on now. I've actually been looking forward to this because we didn't do this last year, right? And so Ugly Sweater Day is going to be an amazing time. Not only that, but we're also going to be gathering together and having some fun. Amen that day. So this is a great opportunity for you to invite your friends Invite your families and uh, for them to get to know our church and um, get to know a lot of people here in this area. January 23rd. Everybody say January 23rd. January 23rd. This is our grand opening. Come on, give Jesus some praise for that. Amen. Some of you might be saying, like, I thought it already started. No, it hasn't. It has not started yet. Right? We did a soft launch. We are expecting... Uh, people to be here uh, celebrating with us. Uh, actually, that whole month, we're, we're expecting people from Chicago to fly in. Pastor Larry Perez is trying to make his way over here, uh, either on the 23rd or the week after, to be speaking life into our church. Amen. If For those that don't know, we have different locations, right? This is the third location. We have one in North Lake, Illinois. That's the, the main campus. That was the very first campus. And then we have our second location, which is located in the city of Chicago. And now we have our very first Orlando campus here. So you are part of a big, big family. 
And uh, we just want you to be a part of it and be involved in it. Amen. Also, for those that are super spiritual, how many spiritual people in love getting a hold of God? Come on now. Amen. We're going to have uh, prayer and fasting starting in January 23rd. Uh, and that's something that we do on a yearly basis. And some of you might be saying, why do you go hungry? Well, the reason why we go hungry is because we want to get to get, get closer to Jesus. And uh, we want, we're asking God to do some miracles for January 23rd, our grand opening. Uh, if you want to learn more about fasting and prayer, it's not just going hungry. I was just joking. But uh, it, it is something that is very special. Jesus did it. Jesus did it for 40 days, 40 nights. Come on now. He didn't stop on the 40th day in the morning. He went all the way to the night. And uh, that basically prepared the way for his ministry. And so that's a good way to understand um, what it does, fasting. It just gets you closer to God and, and helps you fulfill God's plan. Amen. How many are ready to give to Jesus? Amen? Hmm. Not too many people, huh? <laughs> the reason why, by the way, if this is your first time here, please don't feel obligated to give. We just want you to enjoy the service. If you consider this your church, uh, this is what, we, uh, what the Bible teaches, tithe. Tithe is returning to God what belongs to him. I'll say that again. A tithe literally means 10% of what God has blessed you with or your income. You give that to God, you're returning it again, returning him, returning him 10%. And why do, you, why do we do that? So that God can bless the 90%. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have God bless 90% than my money 100% be cursed, right? And so that's why we give to the Lord. Amen. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and put the, the giver's declaration up. And then after that, we'll put that screen up. Uh, I need some, I need some par participation with this, okay? Last week, you did all right, you did okay, all right, but uh, this week, we're, we're going to do it, all right? Ready? One, two, three. I am a faithful tither and giver. I am blessed beyond measure. I have more than enough. I live under an open heaven. I am living in my overflow. I am living in Ephesians 3.20 for the rest of my life. Amen. For those that don't know what Ephesians 3.20 means, that means that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. Not according to your bank account, not according to your savings account, according to his riches and glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will bless every single giver, God. God, I pray right now, God, that you will multiply them and open doors for them, God. God, I pray that your face will shine upon them, God. I pray that your grace will be upon them. I pray that you will give them peace, God, for the rest of this week, God. I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to speak to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. We all said amen. amen. The three ways to give is up there. Uh, if this is your first time here, I'll see you right in the front, give you a free gift. Otherwise, see you guys next week. We are starting a brand new series. I am back next week preaching that message, so you want to bring out your friends and your family. It's going to be great. God bless you guys. See you guys next week. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.